0: Welcome to the Conversations That Matter podcast. My name is John Harris, and I have a guest with me today, Eric Rowell, who is, well, he's he's a local attorney in North Carolina, and he's gotten involved with local politics. We met at a conference, I don't know, what, a year and a half ago or so. And one of the things that Eric um, does, which uh, impressed me and something I want to share with my audience is he really does take to heart the, the, the adage, think local and act local. And I'm gonna read you a quote from Eric before uh, he gets on and starts talking about some of his activities on the local level politically. But he said in 2016, the most depressing aspect of the presidential election isn't the candidates we have to choose from, but how many individuals seem to believe the next president will have a greater impact on their lives than the impact each individual can have on his or her own life start learning more about your local government prior to municipal elections next year if you want to make a difference in the election with real impact on your life. And, man, I thought that was just such a good way to to put that. Oftentimes, we can get really frustrated with national politics and we want to go online and and say something about what's happening nationally when actually our voice means a lot more on the local level. And so I'm going to give the floor to Eric. Eric, um, thanks for joining me.
1: John, thanks for having me. Really appreciate this. I know you do a lot of good work on the podcast and uh, you've had a lot of, a lot of big names on. So I appreciate you carving out a few minutes for me.
0: Yeah. Well, Eric, you know, you're doing something that a lot of big names aren't doing and that's getting involved on the local level and that's much more accessible for someone who wants to actually make a difference. So can you take me through your story a little bit? How did you get involved in Huntersville, North Carolina with local politics, um, and, uh, and take me through a few of the accomplishments maybe that, that, that you see that you think, wow, th- that was something I never thought I would do, but here, here it is, it happened.
1: Uh, yeah, sure, John. I mean, I, I, for a long time now, um, I have been pushing folks to get involved locally. It's clearly in my opinion, where you can have the most impact. So I started out like a lot of folks, just kind of a traditional, uh, re- I guess a Republican, um, you know, never really uh, super involved uh, in college. In law school, I started getting a little more involved with you know college Republicans and things like that. Um, but it was not until well after law school, I think, that I really started uh, focusing on the local. And uh, so when I when I got out of law school, my my first job was at a uh, in a small town, and. I started paying attention to what was going on in the small town, sort of reading the local paper, actually wrote for the local paper uh, for a very uh, short amount of time due to some uh, legal threats that were made against some of the uh, folks in town uh, against the paper. But um, that was that was a very, I think, eye-opening experience for me because uh, I was able to have an actual impact locally in that small town in South Carolina. Um, and the example I always give is the town decided that it was a good idea to buy or to look into buying a local golf course that had kind of become run down. Membership was dropping. And for some reason, the town thought it was going to be a good idea. And me and another gentleman spoke out against this at a town board meeting. And again, this is a very small town in South Carolina. So you have, a—I think it was a five member town board with the mayor. Um, Very, very few people. Uh, pay attention or show up at local board meetings. So when one person, or actually in this case it was two, when two people show up to speak out against a, uh, an item, that's actually a big deal, it makes a big impact. And uh, in part, because of my efforts and me writing about this and speaking out against it, the town ultimately decided to shelve that measure. And subsequently the golf course was purchased by a private uh, entity. And has now since turned around um, the golf course. They, they've made a lot of improvements, invested a lot of money in it. It's a really nice golf course now. And thankfully, the town never had to spend taxpayer money to get involved. Um, so that, that for me was really the start of my think local, act local uh, involvement. And, you know, I always, uh, I'm a big fan, I know, like I know you are, Dr. Brian McClanahan. So I like to say that, you know, I've been thinking local and acting local since before it was cool since before, you know, Dr. McClanahan has made it uh, so popular. Um, But after my time in South Carolina, I moved back to North Carolina and relocated to Charlotte and continued to focus on the local. Um, You know, I don't know at what point I, you know, solely devoted myself to local issues, but, you know, I always kind of say the the folks in Raleigh and the folks in in Washington, D.C., just really – uh, don't really uh are not going to listen to me. You know I can I can send those emails to my senators and my representative in Congress. I can even send um emails to the folks in Raleigh. Uh the folks in DC really have no uh they, they they don't care at all what most of us have to say. Uh now the folks in Raleigh actually you know I do know my former state senator, uh former state rep I actually do know them. The, the the my current state rep I have met a few times, know her. Um and so, I guess to some extent, the folks in Raleigh would listen to what I have to say because I've built a, uh, a platform locally. Uh, but all, but but still, to a much lesser extent than the folks locally. And so, you know, when I moved to Charlotte, I started getting involved. Charlotte's a really big city. But even in Charlotte, the example I always give is uh, there was a pedicab ordinance that the Charlotte City Council was pushing. Uh, eight, nine years ago where they were trying to regulate uh, out of town pedicabs who would come in for events like uh, the Panthers games or big conventions that we would have, you know, like, like the, I think the democratic convention, uh, I believe it was maybe 2012. I I don't remember, but the Dems came a few years ago. And I think in the lead up to that convention, the uh, city council was trying to ban out of, town pedicab companies who would come in and obviously the pedicabs are just the uh, bicycle driven uh, carriages that people would take around town and i spoke out against that i went to city council i spoke to my city councilman um and i attended uh, one or two city council committee meetings on this issue and it was very interesting because one city council subcommittee meeting in particular always stands out um, you had uh, whatever it was, the transportation subcommittee met, you know, two or three members of the city council. And you had a room full of folks. Uh, the vast majority were in the transportation industry. And we went around the room and actually introduced ourselves. And when it got to me, you know, it was a uh, you know, pedicab owner, pedicab owner, taxicab owner, uh, big corporate media representative, et cetera. And, and I just said, I'm just a local citizen here that's interested in anti-competitive measures. Uh, and, and after that, I had a bunch of people come up to me because they were just so confused as to why I was there. Um, but that I was able to help significantly, I think, reduce the impact that that measure was going to have on uh, competition, anti-competitive type um, you know, issues here here in Charlotte. Um, and and so but again, that was me. I was just one person speaking out on that issue. Uh, and then, you know, I've, I've now just taken that to Huntersville, which is a suburb of Charlotte um not a small town but still small in the sense that only a handful of folks actually get involved on the you know local election you've got you know a few old families that still kind of control a lot of the uh the votes so to speak um but we are we're a growing community a lot of transplants here um and i'm doing my part to try to get people involved here in Huntersville uh you know because we have an election this year we have all year elections every 2 years so generally, the focus is is just not there for the off-year elections, when you don't have a you know congressional race or state house or senate race or the presidential race. So the um, at least here in North Carolina, the way our calendar works is the local elections are usually in the odd years, and so a lot of times people just don't pay attention. And I'm just, I'm doing my part to try to change that.
0: Eric, I want to get into some of the things that uh, you've accomplished because the longest list you sent me, which by the way, I'm going to post this. If you go to worldviewconversation.com, I'll post the list you sent me of some of the accomplishments and you're not tooting your own horn. You're just saying, this is what kind of an impact one person can make. And as an example, I'm going to post those, um, on uh, the, the, this uh, podcast uh, episode. Um, so if you go to worldviewconversation.com, you can find that. Um, and I want to get into some of those. But uh, I want to ask you, what what is it about local politics that makes uh, that, that make locals not want to get involved? I mean, you just kept saying over and over, uh, you know, not many people show up. And so when you show up, you can actually make a difference as a local citizen because no one else is there to, or, or a few people are there to actually contradict what you're saying. So Why is that? Do you you have an answer?
1: You know, I I can speculate. I don't really know why. Uh, I think it's there are a lot of reasons, um, especially specific to Huntersville. One one reason people do not get involved for at least a number of years until after they've moved here is because they're coming from out of state somewhere. They're moving into town. They may not have a base of, of friends or family that are already involved. So you're moving into a big suburb. Of Charlotte, Charlotte, you know, takes up most of the space in the local paper, the local news reports. Uh, Huntersville or the other suburbs make the news if there's a major crime event or some type of major corruption in the local government. Otherwise, the vast majority of the news is Charlotte. So if you're if you're new to town and you turn on the news or you open up the Charlotte Observer, it's going to you know ninety ninety percent of it's going to be uh, Charlotte-centric news. Um, and then you know, it's just. Um, When you're in a community and you're going to community events or you're hanging out in your neighborhood, most of your neighbors aren't involved locally either. So, you know, when you start talking politics, whether it's on social media or in your neighborhood, uh, you're either going to be talking about Charlotte or, you know, what the president has said or what's going on in Washington or to some extent Raleigh. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I don't really know why that's the focus, because, you know, again, like Dr. McClanahan talks about oftentimes, uh, you know, the government that's closest to you is, is the government that has the most impact on you. And, right. and as everyone knows, you know, federal government has shut down a few times over the past few years. Um, and you know, people kind of joke, well, no one notices when the federal government shuts down, unless you're an actual, uh, actual federal employee, you know, you work at a park system or something like that. Um, you, there's very little impact of, you know, the most of us feel. And, and same thing, you know, if your state government were to shut down, uh, which I I don't think that's really something that happens often. Um, generally if a budget isn't passed, you just, you have measures in place to continue funding at, at prior levels. So the state governments don't necessarily shut down in the same way the federal government does. Um, but you know, if your local government were to let's say stop working, you know, your trash probably wouldn't get picked up. Um, water bill, you know, water issues may pop up right away. Um, you know, there are a lot of issues that may start impacting you uh, immediately. You know, no police. That would be a big thing. People would all of a sudden maybe notice that there are no police on, on the streets. Uh, no fire protection for a lot of towns. Um, depends on how your fire department is set up locally. So, you know, I, I'm just doing my part to try to make people aware that these are the issues that affect you the most. And, and obviously a big one here locally as well is, is property taxes. Um, you know, so most of your taxes that you're, you're paying are going to be local, uh, for, for most of us, at least, um, most of us middle-class folks, you know, the big, the biggest portion of your, your taxes are going to come from the state and local government. Um, so, you know, this, this past summer when we passed a budget here in Huntersville, whether or not to raise property taxes was a, was a huge issue. And, you know, you've got trash fees, you've got vehicle fees that they tack on the property taxes. So, you know, I don't really know why more people don't get involved. Um, but, but I, you know, I'm doing my part to try to change that because, again, the the issues that impact you the most are going to be coming usually from your local government.
0: That's right. And it's also a stepping stone. I don't think you're using it that way necessarily. But if you want to get involved with bigger uh, or, or I should say more. Um, yeah, bigger, I guess is the word I'm going to go with. <laughs> bigger government issues. If you want to go to uh, Raleigh and then D.C., then you're going to have to probably get involved at the local level at some point, because not everyone's a Donald Trump that can just go from the business world and jump to the presidency. That just doesn't happen uh, that often. So, um, so th- this is interesting to me. You're a conservative guy. And so far, you've given some examples that are uh, about opposing measures that were not fiscally conservative. Uh, but when you get to Huntersville, um, walk me through that a little bit, because yeah, there's a big list here you sent me, and there's, there's a bunch of stuff, including um, some social justice stuff and some more, uh, I guess, socially conservative measures that you were, uh, or against social conservative measures that you opposed and so forth. So how did you get involved, um, and how can that serve as a blueprint for others who might want to do the same thing? And then what kind of uh, success stories do you have from getting involved there?
1: Right. Well, I would say for me, um, you know, I moved into Huntersville and, you know, usually when I move to a new town, one of the first things I do, I register to vote, uh, maybe get the library card, um, signed up at the the local library, and then uh, start looking at who is on the town board. And so um, that's the first thing I did here in Huntersville, started checking out who the board members were. uh, Because when I lived in Charlotte, I just, I didn't, I didn't really know anyone up here. So once I moved up here, I found out who the players were on the town board, who the mayor was. Uh, Started just trying to read the local paper. Uh, There really wasn't an online uh, news source that focused on Huntersville. We had one local blogger who does a good job of covering some of the local northern suburbs here in Mecklenburg County, but no one solely devoted to Huntersville. So I did the best I could to try to get to know who the conservative players were on the town board and reached out to one in particular um, have developed a really good relationship with one particular town board member, have actually helped him on, on some of his campaigns over the past two years. Um, and so, you know, that, that's really how I started to get involved. Um, I, I keep up with the agendas. Usually we have two town board meetings a month. So I've gotten on one of those lists to make sure that the, you know, the agendas are emailed to me so I can review those. And then, um, Uh, I started writing, we have a local weekly paper, like a lot of towns do. Um, No one was really covering the the opinion. There was hard news coverage for local town board meetings, you know, budgets, et cetera. But there was no one really providing any opinion on Mm. the local government. And here in Huntersville, we had, again, a local blogger that did a great job covering another small town. Uh, But, you know, so I reached out to the paper. It worked out. Wrote a column for about a year and a half. Uh, usually about once a month covering, you know, kind of uh, specific issues in Huntersville from more of an opinion perspective. But a lot of it was just fact-based. So, uh, you know, one of the first things that I got in trouble for, and I consider this a big success story, uh, the town of Huntersville actually kind of owned a gym um, and a gym slash pool. And uh, we were paying, using taxpayer dollars to provide management of that facility paying a lot of the capital expenses. And to me that jumped out immediately is uh, problematic. I mean, I, you know, I don't think, call me crazy, I don't think uh, local government should be in the business of running uh, swimming pools and, and uh, gyms. So I started questioning that, and one of the articles I wrote for the local paper just simply pointed out, hey, taxpayers are, are funding this facility in large part. Uh, the folks running that management company really were not happy just that I pointed that fact out. They in my opinion they like to uh, operate under this uh, charade of uh, this is a private facility and so once people started uh, you know learning more about how much taxpayer funding was going into this place some of the local politicians some of the local town board members I think started paying a little more attention and got involved to the point where uh, it' was about two years about two years ago the summer of 2017 they actually brought up for a vote finally they, they said look we've got to put out for bid. The management of this facility so you know it's not we may not have gotten to the point where we sold off the entire facility but at least now we're in a much better position where the taxpayers are not uh, taxpayer dollars are not just being wasted on this facility where we've got a new management company that came in because the town board voted to bid out the management uh, services which was great Um, and so the facility is being run a lot better uh, but again, that was one of those things. Initially, I was told, "Hey, this is an issue we really don't touch. Um, things are going okay over there. You got a lot of the swim moms. You know, you've heard of soccer moms. We have a lot of swim moms locally who are happy. They're voters. Let's let's keep them happy. Let's not really ruffle any feathers." Um, fortunately, I'm I'm usually don't listen to advice like that. I'm pretty persistent when it comes to following up things that I probably you know could could maybe be better left alone, but that was one of the early issues when I got involved here in Huntersville that I think I was able to definitely make an impact on. Um, and, you know, again, that's something that's now, it, it was previously costing taxpayers hundreds of thousands of dollars. Now we're in a position where we're at least breaking even, potentially earning some income.
0: Um, <laughs> Tell me yeah, about, um, cause I know we talked about this, I don't know, what, a couple of months ago, maybe it was last year. Uh, time gets away from me, but, uh, this may not have been one of the, the biggest success stories you've had, but I remember, uh, there was a social justice activist in, on the public art committee. What? And you stopped the town from partnering with this social. What? So just cause this is a, um, for those who aren't, um, big on the fiscal conservative, not that they're not fiscal conservative, but the, but social issues usually capture attention a lot more. So (laughs) tell us that story. What was this uh, person doing? And what did you, how did you put an end to the town partnering with this individual? (laughs)
1: I probably shouldn't uh, you know, talk about this too much because, you know, so somebody may listen to this and say, we got to we got to do something about that now that we know that we stopped that person from getting on. But uh, oh, the bottom line was well, don't say
0: something you'll regret then if, uh <laughs> No, no. But this is
1: a perfect example of, again, why it is so important to pay attention to what your local government is doing. Um, you know, just to give you a kind of a perspective for folks who are listening the Huntersville in North Carolina, our town budget, we're we're roughly 35 to 40 million, somewhere in that range for the, for an operating budget. So obviously, you know, compared to, uh, you know, your county budget, like you hear Mecklenburg, it's about a a billion dollar county budget. Um, And and obviously, the state budget far bigger and federal government is just, you know, uh, uh, there's no telling how much money the federal government actually spends every year. But the point is, and even with the thirty five million dollar operating budget, there is so much waste and abuse and fraud that takes place. Uh, you know, you can spend a large portion of your week just focusing on the fraud and abuse that takes place in a, in a small budget. So one of the things that the town board had started looking at doing a few months back, um, actually, maybe it's about a year ago that the topic of starting a public art committee came up. And again, call me crazy, I don't really think that government should be involved in funding public art. Now, you know, some people, a lot of folks, uh, you know, there are pros and cons to, to public art programs. And so, but personally, on the at the town level, I was opposed to this, uh, specifically the way it was being set up. And so the the town ended up starting this. It was, a, I think, a contested vote, um, but the town started a public art committee under the uh, you know, under the premise that there will be no town dollars spent towards this. But the thing is, when anytime you have town staff that are acting as liaisons for some committee or you have town space being used, there's always going to be resources. And the way these things always start is, you, uh, you know, just like the, the federal income tax, for an example. You know, oh, it's only going to it's never going to tax the middle class. Federal income tax is never going to impact those who are making under a certain amount. Of, you know, it's just going to tax the rich. Right. We know how that went. And so that's how that's why I think it's so important to get involved with your town government, because if you can stop a lot of these things at the outset, then you can keep them from ballooning or growing or inflating uh, later on. Because, you know, the uh, government only grows one direction. I mean, government only gets bigger. Government never gets smaller. So what I try to do is to start the public, stop the public art committee from forming. I mean, look, if a group of of citizens wanted to get together, my, my suggestion was, if these folks wanted to get together and have a, a private art committee that, w- that wants to meet and make recommendations to the town for you know art that should be funded sculptures, murals in town for what you know whatever, that was fine. but I didn't want the town to be directly involved and so but uh, that was a contested vote. we lost on that and one, um, and I started paying attention to the the minutes from these meetings um, and uh, and uh, maybe the first or second meeting there was already. The suggestion that hey let's partner with this local artist she can come in we've got some funding from one of the local hospitals they're gonna fund uh, you know they're gonna give us forty thousand dollars for this this unspecified art project I looked up this person and uh, it was it was abundantly clear that she was a a, a what they call social justice warrior Um, and so immediately I saw that this is gonna be problematic that some of the themes that she was gonna be pushing in whatever art the town ended up funding would probably be something that a large number of citizens in town would probably either object to or, or have a problem with being displayed in the center of town. Um, because you know this is not just gonna be some piece of art uh, celebrating the town or, or the history of Huntersville. Um, and so uh, all I did was bring to light this person's social media, uh, some of her past work, and some of the themes that she's been involved with. And, and fortunately, the town was able to uh, distance themselves this person and 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 cut off that partnership um and again i mean you know i know this person is an artist and and you know a lot of artists obviously don't do what they do uh for free and and so i'm not necessarily celebrating that she didn't that you know she didn't receive taxpayer funding i just use that to point out that this is something that if you're able to get in at the ground level and you're able to stop this stuff it's a lot easier then than for the, the as opposed to this art being installed. And then having to take something down because then, then you're a censor, right? Then the town is censoring art. If we have an art, some art installation put up in the middle of the town. And that's one of the arguments I always made is, is I said, um, you know, to the town board members, do you want to be in a position to be on the, on the dais saying yes or no to certain art? Um, I mean, famously, we had the, the jar of urine with a cross in it, for example, that I'm sure a lot of your yeah. uh, uh, you know, listeners are, from, yeah, are familiar with. Uh, what if, for example, we have an artist here in Huntersville that provides something similar and, and wants to use taxpayer funding to display something like that? Do, do you, as a town board member, want to be in a position to be saying yes or no to this art? Yeah. So, that was that was something that I was able to get involved with, and we were able to stop it. The public art committee still meets, and I'm sure there will be another example of this, you know, at some point. Um, but again, you know, if, if if you're involved with your town and you and you follow the agendas, you follow the committees these are the kind of things you may be able to identify in your town.
0: Now you, you say that there's town employees that uh, are concerned about the waste of taxpayer dollars, but they often can't speak out because of fear of retaliation. And so you end up being a voice for uh, residents who happen to be employees that are kind of gagged because uh, they would, and that's kind of, that's I think why I feel a little bit of a kinship with you. And I'm, I'm in a different um, area with at least my public presence, uh, where i see uh in this um at least currently i don't know if i'll stay here forever i hope not but uh in the sort of greater evangelical world in academia there's kind of that same sense i get messages from a lot of professors and people inside academic institutions students who are like man keep going keep saying what you're saying we feel this way but we can't say it and and you're doing that for folks in huntersville and um so, I mean, I'm sure they're greatly appreciative. Now, you have a Facebook group, uh, 475 members. Um, what's the name of that Facebook group? And is there a website with that as well or just the Facebook page?
1: Well, yeah, that's, that's, I guess, another one of my quote-unquote accomplishments. Um, what I did is, because I was never a social media person. I was on Twitter, but uh, never on Facebook. One of the few people, I guess, our age who would never really gotten on Facebook, but uh, once I got asked to leave the uh, local paper, second time I've been kicked out of writing for a local paper um, because <laughs> one, one or two adver- awesome. advertisers, yeah, they, they, uh, they may have pulled their ads from the paper uh, and, and local papers are in the business of making money. So um, I got asked to leave the paper. I said, well, let me start a website because I want to continue to advocate for issues. And I started a, a Facebook page and then, you know, the separate group. Uh, The group is Huntersville Politics, but it's a closed group. Um, You know, so if you've got any listeners in Huntersville, North Carolina, or, you know, surrounding areas that want to try to join the group, fantastic. Um, But you can also follow most of the stuff I post uh, on my website. It's also at my Facebook page, and it's just Eric Rowell. Um, And my website is ericwrowell.com. Again, definitely going to be extremely boring to most of your listeners unless they're really fascinated with local government. you know because again all I focus on is the town of Huntersville so um, but that's you know that's something I started I started this group because there was a there was a vacuum there and i tell people all the time you know whatever your town is start you know uh, you know that group that town politics on Facebook um, and, I, and I do the best I can to try to try to provide a platform for all the residents of town you know this is not just a, a quote unquote conservative Huntersville politics group Uh, You know, I let in members of unaffiliated Democrats, Republicans, uh, libertarians, um, because I'm just trying to the the majority of these issues locally are not partisan issues. You know, we're not we're not the town board's not going to be talking about gun control or abortion. You know, those kind of things. Town boards talking about contracts with with vendors they are talking about taxes, that kind of thing. So if you if, if if you know, if you're interested in this kind of thing, and you're, there's no one in your town currently really focusing on local issues, then, you know, be the one to just start that group, invite folks, you know, in town, um, and, and I've got a large number of folks that I've never met in person um, that have joined the group, and, you know, I do my best, I post the agendas, when they come out every other week, uh, I try to post about town events, or the elections that are actually going on this year, this is an election year, uh, so one of the things I've done, like, I'll send out, Candidate questionnaires, so that I can post to the group, things like that. Um, and so, you know, I've always gotten a good response. I, you know, uh, 475 may not sound like a lot, but for a a town the size of Huntersville, where you only have you know two, three, four thousand people turn out to vote, uh, that's actually a good, uh, you know, a good good sized group
0: swinging election that way. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you're an an average guy, you're not getting paid to do this. This is just kind of what you do, um, in your spare time, I guess. And, and your concerns. Yeah. Yeah. To be clear,
1: I get no, no money for this and it takes up a lot of time and uh, a lot of my family members. Frequently question uh, why I continue to do these type things, and when am I going to start getting paid for this? So yeah, uh, just to make sure your listeners know, if you're getting in this for the money, this is not this do you is not have, the path for you. You don't have
0: like a Patreon or anything like that, do you? Or, no, like I'm I,
1: not. I'm not as smart as you. I have not gone down that path yet. <laughs> maybe I should.
0: Well, yeah, maybe in the future. Um, for citizens who are concerned to to give you a little something, you you might want to monetize that. But. Uh, But right now, I mean, you're just doing it because you're a concerned citizen, you're a husband, you're a father, uh, you live there, and uh, these things affect you. And it would just be so much better, I think, um, for concerned citizens to get involved on a local level where they actually have more of a chance of not only getting heard, but making a difference. Not that you shouldn't be involved in understanding what's happening at the national level and voting and so forth, but you're drowned out. Um, a lot of the time and people listen when you go to a town board meeting. So, um, yeah, I appreciate having you on. Um, I also think, you know, I I was going to throw this out there for some of my listeners, but, uh, from just a Christian worldview perspective, um, government is, uh, government's responsibility is, is pretty narrow. (laughs) It's to punish evil. And there is a sense in which government is supposed to promote good. But government, the, the, the things that are going on right now, especially on the federal level, but even as you said, on the, on the local level, are just crazy. They're outside the scope of what God ordained government to do. And without fleshing all that out, um, this, is, this is a place for, I think, even Christians to get involved, to put an end to governments basically acting like God and thinking that they can Impose on the family, and impose on the church, and impose on other institutions, on business, when that's not their job, it's not their function. And so, I appreciate what you're doing, and I appreciate you coming on to just uh, encourage people that you know you're a local guy and you started a website and you're making a difference. So, appreciate it.
1: Yeah, and 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 I could go on and on all day about some of the issues where I've had an impact uh, because that's just what I'm passionate about. But you know, to your point about the Christian worldview and how this impacts Christians, I mean, just one example. Uh, you know, the town gives a lot of, well, not a lot, but it gives tens of thousands of dollars to local charities. And some of those charities uh, are good charities. But the point is, as government, you know, every year it's a fight about how many charities should we be giving to. And a lot of folks want to give to even more charities. But as you know, the more that government crowds out or the more that government gives to local charities, um, then, then that has a usually a detrimental impact uh, and effect on contributions from you know local neighbors because they say well look the town of huntersville is giving taxpayer dollars to this charity right so they're good they're well taken care of they don't need my help now as a member of the community look how much taxpayer dollars they're receiving um so that's that's another area where you know it's a small item in the budget but every year i'm one of the only people pushing back saying this is not a proper function of government we should not be giving money to charity because force it's still you know it's it's is taking money from others by force and giving it to your select charity. Uh, you know, yeah, so. the, com-
0: the commands in scriptures, but I think in the new Testament, especially the one and others uh, that are given to Christians for the treatment of other Christians, but even expanding that into how we're supposed to treat our neighbor. These are personal commands there. There was right. never any concept of giving to some kind of a central authority to then distribute. It was always personal and that's, what I think Christians have traditionally done throughout time because of the new Testament is they set up, I mean, all the hospitals and, and it's, it's a privately funded charity. Um, and, and I mean, Salvation Army, I mean, I'm sure some of these charities probably have their Christian roots that even Huntersville is funding, but it was a personal thing. It, it was never meant to, to function this way, this impersonal kind of, we're just going to put our, all our money in a pot and someone else is going to, by force, really, we're not even voluntarily doing this and they're going to right. re- contribute this to those who need it. I mean, talk about being lazy and kicking back and not even getting, like there's no actual care for someone on a one-on-one face-to-face level and I just, I don't like that at all. Uh, I think we, we yeah. ought to be getting involved if we're going to do that on a personal level. So, um, so yeah, you, you make a great point there. Uh, and, oh, uh,
1: look, the easiest thing in the world is spending other people's money right. and <laughs> taking credit for it. And that's what politicians do best, You know, especially with the charities. The one thing they always want to do is to say, look how great this charity is doing. So, of course, we should give even more. You're the bad guy for not wanting to give them anything. We should right. give even more of other people's money away. But then my favorite thing I always like to do is to ask those board members individually, well, how much money have you personally contributed to that charity? And usually I'm met with some type of, uh, you know, either either no response or, or some type of uh, personal attack for why I even question that. But So you've um, actually asked at at only-
0: meetings. You've said, hey, how much are you giving? And then they get upset at you.
1: Well, I, I know I've definitely asked online. I don't because I try to avoid attending as many meetings as I can. Um, but, yes, I've asked that specific question and one one. One response from a, a local town board member essentially was, you know, my wife and I give money, all kinds of money to charities and it's none of your business how much of our money we've given to this one charity. So essentially it's a way to avoid answering the
0: question. Yeah. But the,
1: the point is that's, a, that's always a fun thing to do if, if you're involved locally and you go through your town's budget and then you see your town is taking money to give you know, to charity always email the mayor and the town board and ask, you know, individually, how much money have you given to that charity over the past year?
0: That's right. Uh,
1: Because again, it's one thing to take money from other people and spend it, but then it says a lot when, you know, that that politician also may be giving out of their own pocket.
0: Um, But, you know,
1: again, I could could go on and the the bottom line is, you know, just get involved locally, find out who your local officials are, find out when your elections are, uh, start paying attention. Uh, we're we're in a you know in a tech- technological age now where so many uh, local meetings are streamed online, so you can really follow the video uh, of these meetings and it's done you know live, so you don't have to wait for two or three weeks for uh, you know minutes to come out from a meeting. I mean you can watch what goes on. A lot of times you can comment on the uh, you know the video stream of the town board meeting. Uh, you can you know get involved with Twitter things like that, and a lot of town board members monitor these things. So. You know they'll they'll go back and see the live stream of their town board meeting the next day and they'll see right. the comments and they'll respond to those because again you're you're in a smaller setting here you know uh, you're not in a congressional district with 700,000 constituents you know you're in a an a town board um, situation where you may have uh, you know less than 5,000 voters who actually participate or some small number so you know you're they're going to be a lot more responsive so you know again you can really make an impact. And, and, you know, it's so sad. You you If you really start digging into your town's budget, you'd be shocked at how much waste and fraud takes place at a local level. This is not just, you know, we don't just need to drain the swamp in Washington, to borrow the president's phrase. I mean, there's plenty of swamp to be drained locally. Hmm. Um, and again, it's something where you can really make an impact if you just start getting involved. Well,
0: Eric, I appreciate it. You should write a book. Uh, your your website's Um figure out a way to monetize this <laughs> so
1: I, I need to yeah uh, when,
0: when i put it up uh i'll probably um air this in a few days but yeah maybe by then you'll have like a patreon or something up there but anyway um eric <laughs> i appreciate it god bless you with what you're doing until next time
1: john thank you keep up the good work